Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. If you would allow me this morning, I'm just going to talk to us. I don't anticipate a lot of screaming, yelling, and spitting this morning. Um, just going to just kind of bring some material. Uh, today is going to be an introduction to our theme for 2022. Every year we ask the Holy Spirit to give us some direction for the upcoming year. Uh, I can't say that I've quite figured out how to keep the theme in front of us all year. Um, oftentimes it's felt to me like an introductory series as opposed to a theme for the year, uh, but I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress, so I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on. Um, we, will, we will get it figured out. Um, in 2018, we launched publicly, which we already referenced. Uh, and again, in just a few weeks, we'll celebrate four years of public ministry. Very excited about that. Time, about that. Um, in that time, people have surrendered their lives to Christ. They've been water baptized. They've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They've received healing physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I'm so excited about what God has done, but even more excited about what he's going to do. Um, We didn't reveal a specific word for 2018. And last year I made the joke, looking back, 2018's theme probably would have been just don't pee your pants. Uh, It's just, it was a scary venture for us. But God showed up and showed off, and we went from wondering if anyone would come back to wondering why they were coming back to finally accepting that God was with us to now setting out almost every chair that we have, and I believe that we're just getting started. Um, In 2019, our theme was fearless, and we broke, we put a, a, we wanted to be fearless, and we put a a slash in between the words because we asked the question, can you fear less today than you did yesterday? We talked about just the progression. If we could just get a little better, if I could just fear a little less today than, and, and, and progress every day, then I would be fearless. We talked about being fearless in our pursuit of God, fearless in our pursuit of the loss. And one of the, one of the, the messages that impacted me the most through that theme was we talked about running to the mess and we made this analogy with our first responders and we talked about how first responders don't ask who's inside the burning building like it doesn't matter if they're black or white or hispanic or hetero or homo or muslim or hindu or christian when the mess happens when the fire is going down they're going in to save lives and we said that we want to be a church that runs to the mess we want to be the kind of church that runs to people when they're hurting that when we've that when we encounter encounter broken people in messy situations that we wouldn't run away in 2020 the year that the world melted down we felt like God said it was time to multiply. And that seemed very counterintuitive in a lot of ways. But when we looked at the definition of multiply, it was to perform the process of multiplication. So while outwardly it seemed like we weren't multiplying numerically or, or whatever, what we were trying to do was focus on process. And so we spent 2020 just trying to reevaluate the internal things. We tried to work on things internally so that God could prepare us for what he wanted to do externally. 
In other words, we can't grow to the size of our vision until we first focus on the internal process. I love the quote from James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, when he said, we don't rise to the level of our vision, but we fall to the level of our systems or process. This certainly isn't a one and done strategy. We're still focusing on process and systems and trying to be better. We'll never stop trying to be the best version of ourselves and what God's called us to be. So 2020 was about multiplying, focusing on process. Last year, the word we felt God gave us to rally around was the word forward. The arrow, of course, symbolized the forward direction. The arrow was also made up of waves, and it was a symbol of the storms that we all go through. It was a declaration that no matter what we face or no matter what I face in this year, and hopefully we will adapt this to a way of life, no matter what we face, we will move forward. You know, just uh, in the last couple of weeks, I met with someone who's somewhat new to our church and uh, had just experienced some difficulty in their life. And coming to our church, they picked up a bracelet and they put it on and it said forward. And they said that that word spoke to them so deeply and, and in such a way that it impacted them in such a way that they knew God was speaking to them, saying, you know what, it's time to let those things go and to move forward. And I'm grateful that God does that. We saw a lot of growth in 2021, we gave more than we've ever given to missions and benevolence and outreach. When I got the number for what we gave in 2021, I was overwhelmed. Um, listen to what you did last year. We supported schools and teachers. We provided Christmas presents and Thanksgiving meals for people in need. We gave to foreign and local missions, as well as helped uh, some people that were just hurting and broken. And because of your generosity, last year, Everyday Church gave away $23,487.59. Man, that's a lot of money for a church our size. And I'm sure that there's some things that we missed in, the, uh, in our, our software. So let's just be evangelistic and round it up. We gave $25,000 away. <laughs> Last year, in the middle of our winning culture series, I was talking about the joy of the Lord. And on August 29th, I briefly read and expounded on Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And that's a scripture that most of the people, I don't know about most, but a lot of the people in the room could probably quote. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. It was almost a flyby scripture reference for that message. In music, I would call it a passing tone, where it's not the focus, it's just a quick note in the song or melody that, goes, that helps you get from one place to the other. And that same week, I was asking the Lord about our theme for 2022, and I was saying, God, I need you to speak to me. Normally, I would spend a lot of time thinking it through, but this time I felt there was a quick one-word answer. I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, renew. So if you've been around church any length of time, you've probably heard plenty of messages on this verse. We often talk about renewing our minds, that we need to think differently. And we do. I mean, Scripture tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Meaning that the things that we think about often determine our reality. And while this is accurate, and I don't want to minimize the truths that we've been taught, we will no doubt cover some of these same concepts as we move forward. Shout out to the 2021 theme. Uh, that was a good joke. You guys just too slow for it. <laughs> I 
while we continue to move, we have to be careful that we don't become a people operating out of some sort of new age philosophy or out of a Christian version of mind over matter. See, while faith is believing in what we do not see, and Scripture instructs us to speak things that are not as though they were, there should be more to our Christianity than just denying reality and hoping for the best. There's more to renewing our mind than just changing the way we think. Some of you saw a post I, I, on social media that I made the other day, and one of the definitions for Romans 12, 2, for the word renew is this, renovation or a complete change for the better. A renovation or a complete change for the better. We're going to come back to that in a second. But I think the first question that we need to answer is why? Why do I need to renew my mind? Why do I need to renovate the way that I think? Again, Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to start off by talking about the word conform. The Greek word there is schema, and it means habitus. Anybody know what a habitus is? You could probably use your context clues to see that the word habitus, which is not a very common word, and the word habit are closely related. But I want to look a little bit deeper at the word habitus. It seems that the overall concept is the same no matter what perspective you use to view habitus. But there are variations of the meaning depending on the lens that you're using to look at it through. For instance, anthropology versus sociology might have a, a, a variant of the definition of the word habitus, which again is what conform means. Do not conform. According to Oxford, habitus is a set of norms and expectations unconsciously acquired by individuals through experience and socialization as embodied dispositions. That's your inherent qualities or, or mind or character. And it's internalized as second nature. In other words, the way that we do things is acquired unconsciously. The way that we act, the way that we respond to people, the way that we think, the way that we respond to people and events. It's developed often without any effort. What's worst is it's internalized as second nature, meaning that we don't give it a second thought. The definition continues. The concept of habitus was proposed as an integral part of behavior reflected in a way of being, including ways of seeing, moving, talking, and so on. This verbiage is so important because habitus is a way of being. And Lewis talked about this last week. So many times we get trapped in a doo-doo mentality. Like, I got to do this and I got to do that. If I just do enough good, then I'll be accepted. If I give enough, if I serve enough, if I help enough, if I whatever enough. But God is calling us out of the doo-doo. He's calling us to a place of being. All of our doing must flow from our being with God. When we are unhealthy, we engage in more activities than our combined spiritual, physical, and emotional reserves can sustain. We give out for God more than we receive from God. 
And the truth is we can do that for a little while. Did you know it's possible to do the ministry of Jesus without Jesus? Matthew 7, and we looked at this a few months ago. Matthew 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons. And in your name, perform many miracles. How many of you know that's the work of Jesus? Bringing prophecy and performing miracles and people being healed and driving out demons. On the outside, it looks like Jesus has at work. Verse 23 says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. They were doing without being. They were doing the work of Jesus without Jesus. When Jesus says, I never knew you, the word knew is referring to being intimately known. These people were prophesying, casting out demons, performing miracles, but Jesus didn't know them. There was no interest, intimacy. Their doing for God did not flow from a place of being with God. But don't we do the same thing? Too many followers of Jesus are chronically overextended and doing more for Jesus than their inner life with him can sustain. It's normal for us to be overloaded, depleted, and exhausted. Does anybody relate to that? But God is calling us to something better. A life of being before doing. A life that doesn't just know of God or know about God, but a life that's based on intimacy with Jesus. In his book, The Emotionally, or Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, Pete Scazzaro says, a person who practices being before doing operates from a place of emotional and spiritual fullness, deeply aware of themselves, others, and God. As a result, their being with God is sufficient to sustain their doing for God. In other words, they're receiving more from God than they do for Him. Our doing for God must always flow out of our being with God. Amen. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. We cannot allow our habitus or our way of being to be unconsciously learned by our social constructs. It's time for us to think about what we're thinking about. It's time for us to give thought to the thoughts that we're having. In his book, Ordering Your Private World, Gordon McDonald says this, the person who does not know how to think will be relentlessly shaped and influenced by the dominant culture around him or her. And that is exactly where we find ourselves today. Christ followers are increasingly adapting a secular worldview in place of a biblical worldview. But the question is why? The Bible hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. Here's two of probably many answers. One, we've stopped reading the Bible for ourselves. As referenced earlier and in our, in our soap devotional booklet, 80% of Christians only read their Bible on Sunday. How could we possibly have a biblical worldview when we don't even know what the Bible says? The second reason is the world has lost its ability to think. We'd rather have someone else think for us. And then we just regurgitate someone else's thoughts to sound smarter than we are all because we won't do the hard work of thinking for ourselves. 
Gordon MacDonald continued, he said, Some Christians appear to be afraid to think. They mistake the gathering of facts, doctrinal systems, and list of rules for thinking. They are uneasy when dealing with ambiguity, and they do not see the significance of wrestling with great ideas if they cannot always come up with easily packaged answers. Look, I get it. People are asking hard questions, and I don't understand them all. And I certainly find myself in that category of being afraid at times. What if they ask me this? What if they ask me that? And I don't know the answer. When we stand up here and we pray for someone and they don't get healed and they come to you and they say, why does the Bible say that God wants to heal us but yet that person didn't get healed when, you, when they prayed? I don't know the answer to that. And as Christ followers, sometimes we get afraid to engage in those difficult conversations. We won't even think about it. I, don't want to give, I can't give that any thought. I'm not going to think about it. But the reality is growth comes in the tension no matter what you're doing in your life. And when we wrestle with those tensions, God will bring new revelation to us. He continues, he says, The unthinking Christ follower does not realize, but he is dangerously absorbed in the culture about him. Because his mind is untrained and unfilled and lacks the ability to produce the hard questions with which the world needs to be challenged. See, when we refuse to do the hard work of thinking for ourselves, the detriment is twofold. One, we can't answer hard questions. And two, we can't construct a difficult question for others to even ponder. Again, our habitus, our way of being cannot, we cannot allow it to be unconsciously learned by our social constructs. Don't be conformed. Don't allow your being to come from the way that the world does things. Habitus is more than just a mere habit. It's more than, oh, this is just how I brush my teeth or my daily routine. I do X, Y, and Z, and I do them in disorder. It's not about that. It's our state of being. It's out of which everything else flows. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed. Don't allow your habitus, don't allow your way of being to be formed by the social constructs, by your home environment, by the things that you watch, by social media. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't allow your being to be unconsciously defined by the culture in which you live. Our being must come from a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus. And out of that, everything else flows. So back to the first question, why? Why do I need to renew my mind? Why do I need to renovate the way that I think? Remember, renew is renovation, a complete change for the better. When we renovate the way that we think, when we take the way we think and we make a complete change for the better, it will keep us from unconsciously conforming to the world around us. It will stop all of the just, well, this is just how I am. On August 10th, 1948, Alan Funt debuted the famous reality TV show called Candid Camera. Anybody ever seen that? One of the most famous gags was called Face the Rear. 
Some of you may have seen this or heard about, but on this episode, a group of employees from the Candid Camera Show enter an elevator and face the wrong direction to see what the bystanders would do. And even though this is old, it's worth taking a look at. Let's watch this quick video. The gentleman in the elevator now is a candid star. These folks who are entering, the man with a white shirt, the lady with a trench coat, and subsequently one other member of our staff will face the rear. And you'll see how this man in the trench coat <laughs> to maintain his individuality, but little by little, he looks at his watch, but he's really making an excuse for turning just a little bit more to the wall. Now we'll try it once again. Here's the candid subject. Here comes the candid camera staff, three of them at least. And uh, this man has apparently been in groups before. <laughs> now, here's a fella with his hat on in the elevator. First, he makes a full turn to the rear, and Charlie closes the door. A moment later, we'll open the door. Everybody's changed positions. <laughs> now we'll see if we can use... Now we'll see if we can use group pressure for some good. Now, in a moment, on Charlie's signal, everybody turns forward. Notice they take off their hats. And now, do you think we could reverse the procedure? Watch. How does this play out in my life? All right, we've been so conditioned to think a certain way that we have unconsciously believed the lie that this is just how I am. Yeah. We're going to talk about the transformation part of this verse in the weeks to come. But transformation in our lives, he says, renew your mind and be transformed. Transformation in our lives comes from a renovation of the way that we think. And it doesn't matter what area needs to be transformed. Our health, our mind, our bodies, our self-image, our habits, it all starts with a renovation of the mind. In science, in the science of cybernetics, there are two kinds of change. There's first order, order change and second order change. First order change is quicker and easier. It's often, often incremental. It could be a change to the current way that we're doing things. It's a tweak of a system or a process. It's a, a looking at this going, hey, let's keep doing this, but let's tweak it just a little bit to make it better. It's a, I'm already exercising, but instead of 45 minutes of cardio, I'm going to bump it to an hour. It's already, it's, I'm, I'm already cutting back on this, but now I want to tweak my diet this way. It's this, it's incremental. It's, it's first order change. And those bring often quick results. 
but it's hard to sustain. Second order change is different. Second order change is often described as transformational or revolutionary or radical or disruptive or discontinuous. It involves seeing the world in a different way, challenging assumptions and working from a new and different worldview. Second order change is something significantly or fundamentally different from what you've done before. The process is usually irreversible. Once you begin, it becomes impossible to return to the way that you were doing things before. It requires a new way of seeing things. It's a transformation to something completely different. It's a a transformation to a more desired state, but it requires new learning and a shift in beliefs. If we're going to be all that God has called us to be, it's going to require a renovation of thought and it's going to require deep second order change. We're going to have to shift what we think about ourselves and about others and what we think about God. And maybe this is a battle you feel like you've won. You've, you've fought your thoughts. You know your, your thought life. You've, you've struggled in that area. And you feel like, you know what? I've battled this and I've won. I promise you're going to have to fight it again at some point. And maybe this even seems like a dark way to start a series. Listen, I'm tired of watching generations of people repeat the sins and the failures of their ancestors. Because the habit just says, oh, this is just who I am. I'm an alcoholic, I'm an adulterer, I'm a drug addict, I'm a failure, I'm a pervert, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm just a worrier, just, that's just how I am. I'm angry, that's just what I do. I respond to people in situations this way because that's just who I am. When this trigger happens or X, Y, or Z happens, I just do this or that. That's just who I am, just deal with it. God is asking us and calling us to a renovation of thought and say, we don't have to do that anymore. We just sing about it. We don't have to be afraid. We're no longer sons of this world. We're sons and daughters of God. I don't have to respond that way. I don't have to accept this subconscious, unconscious thing, behavioral. This is how the world is. This is just, this is the new whatever. This is 2022. This is how everybody does whatever they do. God is calling us to something higher. He's calling us to renew our minds, to renovate the way that we're thinking, a change for the better in every area of our life, to not be conformed to the pattern of this world. I'm sorry I lied. I said that I wasn't going to yell and spit, and I did all of those things. I did it. God is inviting us. To go beyond second order change, to go beyond anything that sociology, psychology, or any other ology can define. He's inviting us to completely renovate and change the way that we think for the better so that we can rewrite our habitus, so that we can rewrite our internal scripts. What does your internal script say to you? Over the last year, we've talked about ungodly beliefs. Another probably more practical word to use would be your script. What is your mind saying to you? Every time you step into something new, every time you begin to change the way you think, 
Often it starts with first order change and then immediately your script comes and begins to talk. Say, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to quit drinking because everybody in your family drinks. Your brother, your dad, your grandpa, you're going to keep on. Oh, you're never going to get free. of. You're always going to be a warrior. Your mom was a warrior. Your grandma was a warrior. Warrior. And maybe that's what God wants to do. He wants to transform us from worry to warrior. He wants to change our internal script so that we can be before we do. So we can stop unconsciously accepting the way that culture thinks. So that we can stop accepting unconsciously the way our family of origin thinks. So that we can do the hard work of actually thinking about the things that we think about. I know that's kind of a play on words, but how many of you have thought about what you're thinking about? When a thought comes to your mind, you're like, why am I, why am I thinking about this? But instead, we just keep thinking about it. Where everybody else is thinking about it? Oh, it's okay. Let me face through here. Hat on, hat off, face the left, face the right. Because we unconsciously accept. And we're supposed to be the trendsetters. Hearing from God so that others would want to. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I believe God wants to renovate our lives. Adrian, you can come and play. I believe, and I said this months ago, but I believe that he wants to do a complete deconstruction of what we previously accepted as the status quo and a reconstruction of something beautiful. And if you think this will be easy, then you've failed before you've even started. Amen. God's been dealing with this for me for five months. There's some things that we're trying to change in our life that are, it's difficult. Because this is not, for me and my family, this is not a fad. This is not... A book that I've read, this is not a, I want to make some changes for the rest of my life. And if you think that you don't need to change the way that you think, you've also failed before you started. By refusing to even think about thinking differently, we are doomed to repeat the same cycles over and over again. Because I don't want to do that. I turned 45 Last year, I'm, I got 20, 25 years, maybe max years left of vocational ministry. At best, if I quit eating Taco Bell and KFC, I got 50 to 55 years left of life. <laughs> but the reality is, is the first half of my life is essentially over. I'm not going to waste my latter years because I refuse to change the way that I think. I'm inviting you to join me on a journey of renewal, of renovation, of a complete change for the better. Not a diet, not a, not a 30 day fast, 21 days. And there's nothing wrong with that. The reason we don't do fast a lot is because I fail by day three all the time. 
and I feel bad. We're going to do 21 days of no meat, Daniel fast, let's go veggies and fruits. I don't like veggies and fruit. <laughs> On day two, I've had all the apples I can have. That's it. I don't, I don't want any more. Walking around, oh, there's, oh, I like that apple. It's got caramel and nuts on it. I'll take it. <laughs> That's a Daniel fast. Now we're talking. But those of you that have been involved in church culture for any length of time, how many Daniel fasts have you gone through? How many times, especially if you're from a Pentecostal or charismatic type of background, how many times have you been to the altar and left and nothing you were better for a week, but then by week two, you just started right over again. How many times have you asked God to do something in your life and you began this, this process of, of what psychology would call first order change and then you just fall right back into it? I don't want that for you and I don't want it for me. Make no mistake about it. What I'm asking us to do will be the hardest thing that we've ever had to do. I don't want this to be a series. I don't want it to be a theme. For me and my family, this is a life change for the rest of our lives. Some of the things that we've been trying to implement as a family have, it's, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Even things like, like a 24-hour Sabbath. And Lewis talked about it last week that Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest. And I'm going to be talking about that in the future because I want you to understand what it is that we've been doing that's brought revolution to our lives. But even in the midst of trying to figure all of that out, yesterday I was working on my Sabbath, which is not what I'm supposed to do. Katie said, you're working on your Sabbath. It's like everybody was asleep. I thought I was doing something good by not doing the work while everybody else was... I'll tell that story later, I guess. But I'm just saying that the, the transformation is... It's not easy. And if we're going to renew our minds, it's going to take a complete renovation. A complete Chip and Joanna Gaines, Holy Spirit, in your mind. It's not how I want it to be. Where they come in and they make it better than you even imagined. That's what God wants to do. An Ephesians 3.20 renovation of my mind. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask or think. My best life now, where God comes in and goes, you thought that was your best life. This is your best life. Take a look now. But we have to commit to the hard work of renewal, changing the way that we think, changing our habitus, our being, to where everything flows, our doing flows from our being. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. I, Thank you for this challenge, God. I feel challenged. I pray that your people feel challenged. God, I pray that you would call us to a place of complete renovation. God, of destruction of everything that we've unconsciously accepted as this is just how I am. This is just how it's done. This is just who we are. The Robinsons are this. This is who we are. God, I pray that you would help us to destruct all of that and recreate something new. God, a renovation in our mind of who you have created us to be. I pray for deep change.
beyond second order change, but deep, spiritual, emotional, mental. God, deep change by the Holy Spirit that you would do that in our lives. In Jesus' name. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.